Welcome to the Michigan Man Podcast on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew for Wolverine fans from coast to coast. Go Blue and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Today we have our recruiting roundup for the month of July. And our guest is the recruiting writer for the Wolverine Magazine and Wolverine.com, Brandon Brown. Before he joins us, a few news and notes to get us started. As you might know, we've been on our summer schedule of two shows a month since May. But now it's time to get ready for the fast-approaching season. We'll be back on our weekly schedule on August 2nd, and then during the season twice a week. Tuesdays, we'll have our game day show featuring one of our Michigan beat writers or media personalities. Then on Thursdays, our visitor segment with the beat writers or radio play-by-play voices of that week's opposition. I can't wait, and I know you feel the same way. Next Saturday is the barbecue at the Big House, an event Rich Rodriguez started and one that has grown in popularity each year. There will be plenty of big-name recruits in attendance, and we might even get another verbal or two in the days following the event. Recruiting writer Brandon Brown from The Wolverine is up next on our game day segment here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the Vsporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Here with us on this month's Recruiting Roundup and more, uh, we welcome back to the show recruiting writer from The Wolverine, Brandon Brown. Great to have you back with us, Brandon. Yeah, thanks for having me back. Well, it's almost time, as you and I were discussing before we started to tape. I got my Wolverine preview magazine uh, in the mail, I think it was a week or so ago, and I have been just riveted to that. As always, uh, it sort of signals to me, and I think to a lot of Michigan fans, that the season is really upon us, isn't it, Brandon? It is. I mean, it starts to feel that way right about now. Like you said, the magazine starts to, you know, starts to make appearances around the country, and we see we see it on the fort. We kind of have a running thread you know, where people say it's arrived here, it's arrived here. And then, uh, you know, Big Ten Media Days are next week in Chicago and we'll be there. And then, you know, camp is just a little over a week away. So, yeah, it's uh, it's really starting to starting to feel like football time a little bit. Recruiting is always a front burner issue with uh, Michigan fans, college football fans. It's been somewhat quiet on the recruiting trail recently, Brandon. But on Monday, top Michigan tight end target Jeremy Ruckert made his verbal to Ohio State. That didn't really surprise most analysts, did it? It didn't. It didn't surprise anybody. I mean, that's what everybody was thinking for quite a while. He was, you know, pretty pretty diplomatic in terms of explaining his top group. But a lot of people felt like Ohio State was the front runner for a while, and obviously it played out that way. And, you know, a lot of Michigan fans are bummed out about that and can't quite understand, like, why would a kid go to Ohio State when he could go to Michigan, especially at tight end? But there, there's so much more that goes into it, and, I mean – you really don't have to look much deeper than the fact that Urban Meyer is 61 and six since he's been at Ohio state and he has a national championship and he is in the, in the discussion for the playoff every year. I mean, there's a lot for a, a non, a non Michigan fan to like about Ohio state. And so, um, and, and they put guys in the league. And so, you know, with Rutgers skill set, you know, even though Ohio state doesn't necessarily feature the tight end, he's, he's going to make plays and he's going to be, He's going to be probably a thorn in the side of Michigan for for years to come. And that's a bummer, 
but uh, but that that's you know that's that's what's going to happen. Ohio State is Ohio State for a reason. Urban Meyer is a great coach, and it's why the rivalry is is all but back. And you know Michigan. Michigan fans hate to hear that, but it is what it is. Well, and as you said, Michigan fans sort of bummed out because we do need a couple of tight ends. We didn't have any in uh, the last class, but there are still some good ones out there. Michigan has a very good chance at picking up, aren't there, Brandon? Yeah, I mean, one for sure, uh, Mustafa Muhammad, the four-star tight end out of Texas, says pretty much, I don't know if he's gone on record and said it, but I mean, to everybody he seems to talk to, he kind of says, like, Michigan's my leader, they've been my leader, they're going to be my leader. I plan on committing there at some point, but whenever a kid doesn't commit for whatever the reason may be, if he just wants to wait so he can take his visits or, you know, just doesn't want to have that, that title next to his name, or you never know what's going to happen. Maybe there's a shakeup at a staff in terms of position coach. You just never know. So some kids feel like taking their time and waiting to pull the trigger and that's what he's doing. And so that always leaves a window open for him to maybe change his mind or for Michigan to have second thoughts or whatever the case may be. But if, if signing day were today, he would pick Michigan and he's been pretty open about that, but signing day is not today. It's not for another, you know, seven, eight months. So it's going to be interesting to see if, if things stay the same and if he does end up pulling the trigger for Michigan closer to signing day. But as of right now, you know, U of M's in a great spot with him. Well, we've been talking about uh, Mustafa for quite a while now, but don't you think we're probably going to look for two tight ends in this class? Yeah, it feels that way. I mean, you know, the the numbers are certainly fluid. The class in 2018 is going to be very small compared to the last two classes. And and so that, that does make you wonder exactly how it will play out. I think if you ask the coaches, you know, if they could openly talk about recruiting and, and who's fitting in where they, they might not even be able to tell you exactly how many players they're going to take at each position. Cause it's not always up to them in terms of who's going to say yes and who's not. I mean, for a long time, we heard that it was definitely going to be two quarterbacks and Dorian Thompson Robinson picks UCLA, Joe Milton picks Michigan. And then Tyler Shuck, who looked like a Michigan lean for a long time, ends up going with the Tar Heels. So I think those numbers are definitely fluid and can certainly change, but I think getting two tight ends would be important when you consider the fact that they didn't take one in 2017 and you lose a big-time prospect like Devin Asiasi to a transfer, it looks like two is, is kind of the almost the minimum. And I think Luke Ford is another one to watch. He recently decommitted from Arkansas. Monstrous kid, six foot seven, 250 pounds, one of the top tight ends in the country. Uh, it's kind of been in, you know, been in play a little bit more here for Michigan and is set to visit this week, upcoming weekend. So it'll be interesting to see how that number thing shakes out. I mean, they're, they're actually, on, they're actually over the number limit right now with 10 commits. There's only technically room for nine guys in the 2018 class. Of course, that number will change with fifth year guys not coming back and unexpected attrition. Um, so yeah, that number is definitely fluid, but it looks like two probably is the move since they didn't take one in 17 and, and lost a big one in Asiasi. Well, four-star uh, Concord, North Carolina defensive lineman, kid named Rick Sandage, seemed to enjoy his recent visit to Michigan and still has his on his final 11, I think, is how many teams he's or how many schools he's listing. Uh, do we have a good shot at getting him here? I think so. I mean, you mentioned his final 11. It might as well be a final 50 for him because he, <laughs> he doesn't, he really doesn't know Every, I mean, he almost says the same thing every time I speak with him. He just says, I'm confused. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I like. You know, it's, it really makes me think sometimes when I talk to kids like Rick, who has a very supportive mother and they're, they're really doing their due diligence. It really makes me realize how difficult this process can be for some kids. You know, with a kid from North Carolina, ah, the Tar Heels have had some success as of late. NC State's always kind of a solid team, but 
there's not like a no brainer in the state of North Carolina. So for a kid like him who has offers from all around the country, I really can see how it could be one of the tougher decisions they'll ever have to make. But Michigan did a really good job with him. Uh, there's a recruiting assistant on Michigan staff named Sam Popper. I know him a little bit. I don't know exactly what he did to make himself so welcome with the Sandage family, but his uh, Rick's mother tweeted some things in the days following their visit about how Sam was an honorary member of the family now and that they just loved everything about him. And then, of course, a couple of days later, Michigan's graphics genius Aaron Bills put out a graphic of the Sandage family photos, and then Sam's picture was among them on the wall. So kind of an interesting, humorous twist on a graphic that you don't normally see. But Michigan did a great job with him. Uh, he cites his relationship with Greg Madison as one of the reasons why he's so interested. And he does have a top 11, but I, I would I would venture to get a guess that Michigan is at, you know, the in the top third of that for sure. Um, and, you know, it's just one of those things you're going to have to let play out because he he says he really doesn't know. And when I talk to him, I, I get the sense that he actually doesn't know. A lot of kids might say that, but they have an idea. I really think he's pretty torn between just about every school on his list. Well, last week we made an offer to a four-star wide receiver from Texas, Jordan Whittington. We're getting in on him a little bit late, but all signs point to a probably Texas A&M as his landing spot. Why did Michigan wait until July to offer him? Yeah, it's kind of interesting at wide receiver. There doesn't really seem to be... Uh, there's definitely some top targets. Amon Ross St. Brown, the five-star out of California, and Cameron Babb, the four-star out of St. Louis, Missouri, are, are kind of the 1A and 1B guys. But Michigan doesn't really seem to be in the lead for any of their receivers, and that's a, you know maybe a little bit alarming. Um, the 2017 haul was as close to epic as you can get with Donovan Peoples-Jones and Tariq Black, Oliver Martin, Nico Collins, Brad Hawkins initially, but now it looks like he's going to be playing safety. So it's not exactly a position of need in 2018, but you know the, that's a position where you can get multiple guys on the field at one time. So taking one or two or more per year is is usually par for the course. But it's it's looking a little thin at that position. So you know the staff is evaluating some guys, and you might see some late offers go out. They also offered Michael Ezeke, the three-star wide receiver out of California, not long ago, six foot five, two hundred and ten pounder, so a lot bigger than these other guys that they seem to be recruiting in 2018, but. It just looks like a kind of a late, you know, a late cycle evaluation and offer. And yeah, it's, it's probably going to be too late. Our my colleague at the Wolverine, Austin Fox, caught up with Whittington just a couple of days ago, and he's got a set top four already. He said Michigan kind of opened his eyes a little bit, but that's still his top four. So I guess if you want to maybe say Michigan's being considered, that's probably accurate. But yeah, it looks like you know a little too late to be a serious player for for his services. I know you mentioned Cameron Babs. Michigan's been interested in him and recruiting him for quite some time, but I've been reading recently he he might be an Ohio State lean. Is that what you hear? It feels like that. And again, as a person who covers Michigan and deals with Michigan fans on a daily basis, that's that's never awesome news. It seems like Michigan has missed out on a lot of guys that Ohio State hasn't missed on in this cycle specifically. And you know, he might end up being another one. He's a, a talented, talented kid, built more like a running back. Uh, you know, about six foot, 190 pounds and really, really dangerous in space, really, really good after the catch, um, tough to bring down. And, you know, Ohio State has succeeded with guys like that in the past with that that system that Urban Meyer runs. So um, he had really good things to say about Michigan when I spoke with him a couple months back at one of the opening camps in Chicago and, you know, had a big smile and said that, yes, Michigan will definitely be part of my picture until I make a decision. But 
in recruiting second place isn't worth a whole lot. So, you know, whether that's where Michigan is exactly on the list or not, it doesn't feel like they're in the lead and in, in, in recruiting, you've got to be in the leads for it to count. So yeah, we'll see where he ends up picking. I don't think he has a date set or anything like that yet, but as of right now, Michigan is, is playing from behind just a little bit, it seems. Well, as always, there are interesting stories uh, in the recruiting wars. Uh, one of the kids getting a lot of attention is Australian giant uh, Daniel Fillele, who is going to be playing his first year of American high school football uh, down at IMG. He says he has good vibes about Michigan. I'm not sure what that means uh, at any rate. He is going to be an interesting player to watch this fall, won't he, Brandon? Well, at six foot nine, three hundred and ninety to four hundred pounds, yeah, interesting is maybe an understatement. But um, I, he's just a freak of nature. When you're talking about a kid that big, you just don't see kids that big, kind of proportioned and built like he is, and able to move like he is. I mean, he's he's as raw as any player in the country. I mean, it's some you know you see him, and like you said, he hasn't even played a game yet. So you watch some of his off-season film and some reps and. On one rep, he can just absolutely manhandle a kid and throw him to the ground like he's not even there. And on the next one, he can not even put a finger on somebody, you know, on a speed rusher or something. So he's not close to being ready to play college football. But when you're that big, that strong, that athletic at that size, it's it's pretty special. He's rated the number 162 player in the country by rivals. Um, and he's got some really big offers. He's got Florida State, Georgia, LSU, Miami, Michigan. Um, I know Clemson is, is involved as well. So it is going to be interesting to see what happens with him. He's obviously got a very unique background coming from Australia, so he doesn't have any you know, strong ties to any area. Playing at IMG, obviously the Florida schools are kind of there and maybe familiar, and they seem to get a lot of kids to, to commit out of there. So, uh, yeah, I mean, interesting is an understatement, but it's definitely going to be something to see when he takes the field this fall for one of the best programs in the country against some of the best programs in the country. So you'll get a – you'll get a gauge pretty quickly at just how good he is and how good he could be, you know, with some more coaching and more familiarity with the game. I think I read a story where he came over and didn't know what downs were, didn't know how far 10 yards was, didn't know how to get in a stance. I mean, like I said, as raw as anybody in the country, but man, with that size and that athleticism, it's, it's very intriguing for sure. Well, Brandon, regional talent in Michigan and the Midwest, from what I read, is not what it was last year, which is why we're hitting hard in Georgia, Texas, California, down in the South more this year. In the preseason issue of the Wolverine, you ranked the Midwest top 25 this year. Michigan has a commit from, I think, just one of those, Emil Echior. Who else on that list, other than Luke Ford, who we talked about a few minutes ago, are we interested in and they might be leaning towards Michigan? Yeah, I mean, when you look at the 2017 Hall, uh, it was was really, really strong. I think Michigan landed eight or nine guys from in the state. Um, And in 2018, it might not be even even close to that. I mean, it doesn't look like it's going to be even close to that. As you mentioned, Michigan only has one commitment in the whole region, let alone the state of Michigan. So when you, when you look at that group, you mentioned Emil Echior, that's a very solid get. Um, you know, somebody who was looking like he was fla- uh, wavering a little bit, but now seems to be quite solid. We already mentioned Cameron Babb a little bit, who Michigan is is definitely high on. I think Michael Thompson is one to keep an eye on, uh, the number, uh, number four defensive tackle in the entire country. Um, you know, big, strong kid, super long arms, six foot four, 273 pounds, also from St. Louis. He's one that consistently mentions Michigan as one of the schools he's really interested in. It was interesting because 
he was originally recruited as an offensive lineman, but then Greg Madison, you know, really started to turn up the heat on him and they're definitely looking, looking at him along the defensive line now. And so he's really one to watch. I, I still don't, it, I feel like I say this about a lot of kids that Michigan's recruiting and recruiting. Well, I don't think Michigan leads for them for him, but they're definitely in the mix. And depending on how things play out this fall and, you just never know. You never know. Michigan's going to have a chance at just about anybody if they come out and, you know, beat Florida and all of a sudden they're successful again and off to an undefeated start at the beginning of the season. We'll have to let that play out. But outside of that, in the whole entire Midwest top 25 from our magazine, I mean, Ronnie Perkins, another St. Louis kid who seems to have Michigan high on his list, but again, is probably leaning towards another school. There's not a whole lot. There's really not. When you look through the entire list, it's it's about – uh, you know, a lot of other programs making a splash in the Midwest, not named Michigan. So different, different vibe from last year, but, you know, especially this year with Michigan having a, a limited number of scholarships available, it's not the worst thing in the world to, to have a slightly less talented crop to choose from in, in the region that they play, that you know, that they're in. Well, in the Wolverine preview issue, you also have the Michigan top 10, and we know what a great haul we made in-state last year. Aiden Hutchinson from Divine Child, Dearborn Divine Child, is the only one committed to Michigan on that list. Who else uh, of those other nine do we maybe have a chance at? Can I say zero? Because I think it's zero. I mean, when you look (laughs) at the list, I'll I'll quickly rattle them off. Number one, Kalen Gervin, four-star corner out of Detroit. Michigan's not recruiting him. Number two, the four-star offensive guard, Marquand McCall, is committed to Kentucky. Michigan's not recruiting him. Number three, Antoine Reed, the offensive tackle from Muskegon. Michigan, not on him. Tyrone Sampson, the center out of Detroit, committed to Syracuse and likes Michigan, but kind of sees the writing on the wall there with Cesar Ruiz being looking like the guy of the future from the 2017 class. Ovi Agufo, four-star outside, uh, outside linebacker, committed to Notre Dame. Uh, number seven, Reggie Pearson, the safety from River Rouge, is committed to Wisconsin. Jason Whitaker, the quarterback from Rockford, is committed to Northwestern. Colin Demons is an interesting one, the younger brother of Kenny Demons, who Michigan offered quite a while ago, but just doesn't seem to be a lot of mutual interest between the two parties. He looks like he's maybe headed out west. Uh, older brother Kenny lives in Arizona, and he likes the idea of playing out there and possibly living with him, so not really much interest there. And then number 10, Theo Day, the quarterback from Divine Child and Aiden Hutchinson's good, good buddy is going to be a rival of his at Michigan State. So, I mean, you can go down the whole list and there just there just isn't a serious target in the group. Uh, very, very different from 2017, but that's how it looks in 2018. Well, you mentioned Gervin from Cast Tech. I read that he just came back from a trip to Alabama, and I look at his offer list. He has just big-time offers. He's considered a, a shutdown corner. We've recruited him. He's just not interested at all. I've really not seen what the deal is with the, with that kid. Yeah, I mean, Michigan offered him a while back, but then pretty much shut down, shut down contact with him. I mean, I've I've been covering Kalen's re- recruitment and I know him and his mother and a lot of the staff at Cast Tech. I've talked to him, you know, a hundred times uh, at different points of his recruitment when he was committed to Notre Dame before he picked up his Michigan offer since they stopped recruiting him. And he said, you know, he says flat out, they just, they're not recruiting me. I, I don't know if it's a, a huge shift in, in philosophy in terms of what they're looking for at DBs. I mean, when you look at Kalen Gervin and then you look at him next to Miles Sims, the four-star corner out of Georgia that's committed to Michigan, and Javon Green, the four-star corner out of Texas, who's committed to Michigan. He looks nothing like those guys. Both Miles Sims and Javon are 6'3", very, very long, kind of skinny and rangy. 
And Gervin is not that at all. He's 5'11", 180 pounds, kind of stocky build, um, very physical, but can really cover, but just isn't really isn't really what Michigan appears to be looking for in corners moving forward. And you mentioned, you know, his offer list. He picked up Alabama while he was down there. He's got a top group that consists of Michigan State, Louisville, Oklahoma, Oregon, Virginia Tech. A lot of people think Virginia Tech is kind of in the driver's seat there, although an, an Alabama offer maybe could shake that up a little bit. So, um, yeah, it's just one of those things that it just doesn't look to match up in this, this year's class. I mean, maybe if things were – uh, if it was a different year, if things were a little different numbers-wise, it might play out differently, but Michigan just doesn't seem to be that involved or that interested right now. Brandon, the barbecue at the Big House is coming up on July 29th. That's just two days before practice opens, and the attendee list is impressive. Uh, do you think we could see some more verbals uh, coming up right after that event? I think there's a chance, a pretty good chance for at least one. I, I really think Michigan's going to have a shot with Cameron McGrone a four-star outside linebacker from Indianapolis. Um, he's close with Emil Echior, plays at a different school, but they know each other well. He's very close with Chris Evans, who's from the area as well, Michigan's potential star sophomore running back. And, and so things look really good there. Michigan got involved kind of late. He's coming off an ACL injury, so they wanted to make sure that was good and kind of get some eyeballs on him in person. He came on a visit, picked up the offer, and now appears to be, uh, you know, appears to be leaning towards Michigan. So I, I think he's, he's maybe the only one that looks like a, you know, looks like a definite, a definite possibility for a, for a commitment, but th- there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, Michigan, again, being kind of picky, the class isn't going to be very big. There's not a lot of guys that they lead for right now. So I don't, I don't know if I'd expect a ton of fireworks that weekend, but I think he's definitely one to keep an eye on and, and could, could easily pull the trigger and at least make a uh, Michigan fans. Uh, I don't know if they're ever happy, but a lot of but content with how things go out of that recruiting event. Well, I know we touched on this at the top of the interview, but I will ask you again because my listeners are always, and I mean always, throwing this question my way. Do we have any idea or a best guess, and I know this is a tough one, at what the final numbers might be for this class, just in a, in a general area? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think you can get to, you can get to 16 to 18 pretty easily with 16 is probably the low end. And then maybe 20. I mean, could it get to 20? That would be that would be kind of a that would mean there's there's quite a bit of unexpected attrition after the season. Um, like I said before, the number is is nine right now. But when you look at guys who are uh, juniors, redshirt juniors who are you know potentially coming back for a fifth year, there's about seven that haven't really had much of an impact or, or earned much playing time since they've been at Michigan. I don't want to really throw their names out there necessarily because you never like to do that. You never know how things are going to play out on the field in 2017, but there are seven guys who have not really seen the field while they've been at Michigan that very realistically could, you know, not be invited back for a fifth year. And then you've always got a, a hand, you know, a small number of unexpected attrition that you just didn't see coming. I mean, Corey Malone Hatcher, you know, retiring medically from football was not expected. And up until, you know, until just about when it happened. And like I mentioned earlier, uh, a, a future star in the making, Devin Asiasi, leaving the program for family reasons was not expected. So once the play, once the season plays out and some guys are faced, to, you know, with some decisions and some, you know, maybe some unexpected things popping up, that number could jump up to maybe 18 or 20. But right now, 16 looks like 
kind of a realistic number with it, you know, being able to wiggle a little bit in both directions. It's going to be a small class. I think everyone has to get used to that. But I think what makes people nervous, and I hear this all the time too, is, hey, we're fourth in the Big Ten in recruiting right now, and you have uh, Nebraska. Penn State and Ohio State uh, in the top 10, rivals top 10 the last time I looked. Overall, it's been a pretty darn good recruiting year for the conference uh, as a whole. Yeah, I mean, Ohio State's always going to be there. I mean, I think we've seen that now with Urban at the at the helm. They're, they're never going to have a down year in recruiting, it doesn't look like. And, you know, kudos to James Franklin for what he's been able to do. Uh, you know, winning the Big Ten championship last year, and it's it's already started to pay dividends on the recruiting trail. And Pennsylvania and that area up there has always been pretty pretty rich recruiting grounds. And for a while there, Penn State was just down and wasn't able to hang on to some of that talent. Well, they've been able to do that as of late, and you can see it in the 2018 class. Um, you know, with where they're with where they're at, and then you know, Michigan's gonna gonna be fine. They're rated they're sitting at number 31 right now. That's you know got some people a little bit concerned, but that's, uh, that's, it's early. Michigan's still going to add, you know, another six, eight, maybe even 10 guys to that group. Uh, they're going to be quality players. They're going to be guys that the staff has identified that they want. And that number is going to go up. I don't think Michigan's going to finish in the top 10 this year, like they have the last two seasons, but I still think it's going to be a top 15 ish class, which you can work with, especially in a down year where you're not signing 25 to 30 guys. But I, I think in 2019, there's a real chance that Michigan could be back up there in the top, you know, top three to five, uh, like they were the last two seasons, finishing at number four in 2016 and 2017 per the rivals uh, ranking. So not really a reason to be panicking or anything like that. But yeah, Michigan fans don't like to see Northwestern and Maryland and Minnesota ahead of them in the in the conference rankings, which is what things are right now. But Penn State listed at uh, number one in the Big Ten and Ohio State at number two. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see where Michigan ends up, but it's it's going to be a down year and it's going to be okay. But uh, that's just kind of the way things are shaking out with numbers and everything like that in 2018. Another concern I hear from listeners is that we are missing on some big names, and we've touched on a few of those uh, earlier in the interview. I mean, that's going to happen, but I think what really bugs Michigan fans is we've lost some head-to-head battles with Ohio State, which is also going to happen. I know people get nervous and say, are we losing traction on the recruiting scene right now? I don't think so, but there are some people that are just because the numbers are smaller, are worried that Ohio State is winning the head-to-heads with us. It's a tough pill for Michigan fans to swallow, but it's something I've pointed out multiple times on the message board when, you know, when Jeremy Rucker commits to Michigan or, or I'm sorry, Ohio State or Dallas Gant commits to Ohio State. Some of these guys that Michigan was really pursuing pretty aggressively. <laughs> Urban Meyer has only lost six games since he's been at Ohio State. He's 2-0 and against Michigan already uh, since Jim Harbaugh has returned. They've been in the playoff discussion for the last two to three to four seasons, and they're consistently, you know, one of the teams that looks like they're going to play for a Big Ten championship. Michigan just has not had that kind of sustained success in a very long time. And until they do, and I think it's coming, I think everybody's confident in Jim Harbaugh being able to do that and being able to go toe-to-toe with Urban Meyer year in and year out. But until they do that, they're they're going to be a flight step behind in recruiting. That's just the way it is. Now, Jim Harbaugh in Michigan, they're going to get their guys uh, very often. I mean, they landed Rashawn Gary, the number one overall player in the country last year, and he looks the poised to break out in a big way this fall. Uh, and they're they're getting the guys that they want. They Dylan McCaffrey was their guy. They went out and they got him. Chris Evans says I was identified as a as a stud, and he looks to be that. And they they've 
they're going to continue. They, you know, Donovan Peoples Jones was the number one wide receiver in the country. Yes, a local kid from Detroit, but that didn't mean every program in the country didn't want him. So Michigan's going to be fine. They're not really losing traction, but there's a couple teams that are recruiting better than Michigan right now, and and they're, you know, they're named Alabama, Ohio State, and probably Clemson. And guess what? They've all won a national championship within the last four seasons. So it's going to be okay. There's nothing to panic about. But Michigan has to start, you know, playing up to that level on the field in order for the recruiting to catch up just a bit. It's not very far off, as I said, with back-to-back number four classes, but starting to win those head-to-heads on the field against Ohio State and getting seriously in the playoff contention and winning a Big Ten championship will, will give it that extra little boost that fans would love to see. As you mentioned, Ohio State and Urban Meyer, with uh, all of their success, are pretty much going to get who they want, which I know makes uh, Michigan fans grind their teeth. Uh, last year at about this time, I had Shemi Schembechler on the show, and he told me he thought from a talent perspective, it was Ohio State and then everyone else in the Big Ten, that there was that much of a gap. But he thought Michigan was closing that gap. Do you think, from a pure talent perspective, Brandon, we are getting closer to them? Yeah, I don't think there's any question. I mean, I mentioned a couple of the guys, you know, you start landing players like Donovan Peoples-Jones, like five-star Aubrey Solomon out of Georgia, like Rashawn Gary a couple of years ago, Jabril Peppers. You start landing guys like that consistently, stacking up one or two per year. Now, Alabama and Ohio State might be stacking up two or three of those guys a year, but if Michigan can start doing one or two and then two and three and then three and four of those guys a year, then you started to level the playing field off a little bit. I don't think there's any doubt that Michigan's going to have a ton of team speed and a ton of talent on the field this fall. It's just young. It's unproven, and it's young and uh, hasn't been on the field much in college. So uh, to answer the question flat out, yes, the gap is closing. The talent gap is closing. Uh, it's not closed, but it's it's narrowing, and I think Michigan still has to play catch-up a little bit with, with Ohio State. And, uh, you know, that's that's – that's again, that's a tough thing for Michigan fans to hear. I mean, if Jim Harbaugh starts off 0-3 against Ohio State, that is not going to be a great look, but it's just where the programs are right now. I mean, Jim Harbaugh inherited Michigan where they were at Ohio State was already humming along at, at an elite pace. And so that's, that's hard to jump right back into and, and, and be competitive right away. But and we saw it last year. We saw it last year in the overtime loss in Columbus. Um, you know, I think – I don't want to say that this year's game against Ohio State is must win, but it's it's pretty close to that. Jim Harbaugh does not want to start off 0-3 against Urban Meyer, but it's you know Ohio State's never going to have a down year. They're going to lose players. They're just going to replace them with other talented guys. And Michigan's getting to that point, but they're not quite there just yet. But you know things are definitely headed in that direction. Well, Brandon, and uh, we're just a week away uh, from the start of practice. Big Ten Media Days is coming up in a week, so the excitement for the opener is going to grow each week. All the preseason mags are out there. They're kind of all over the map uh, on this Michigan team. Some saying playoffs, Big Ten champion, and then others saying well, maybe nine wins. Who knows? It's really a, a tough thing to predict until you kick off and see them, but. Do you think expectations for this team are a little bit high uh, or unrealistic right now? I, I don't because I, I think, you know, if, if Jim Harbaugh gets to 10 wins again for the third season in a row, um, I think that would be perfectly acceptable given how much talent he lost to the NFL and how young his team is. A couple bounces go the right way. Maybe they get to 11 wins or 12 wins. Or they, you know, they are battling for a playoff spot in the Big Ten Championship. Um, and they get Ohio State at home this year. They do have to go on the road 
against Wisconsin, Penn State, and then obviously that that Florida game, not really or not a road game, but that's a tough test to start the season. So I think I think the expectations are right where they need to be. Some people are really confident because the talent is there. Some people not so much because it's very inexperienced talent. So I, I predicted nine and three. I think uh, you know I I hate to say it, but I think out of those those tough road games that they have, I think you know getting, losing one or two is completely realistic. And you know then that that Ohio State game is just is I just don't know if Michigan has quite the the skill pieces or the talented players yet to go toe to toe, even though it's in Ann Arbor, I think they're, you know, they'll be more than ready for that game. It's just, it's still hard for me to say Michigan can beat Ohio state. I still just can't quite get those words to come out and fully believe them. Um, but as you said, we haven't even seen the team yet. So we'll, things will be very, very different and they'll come late November. But uh, I think nine and three is probably realistic with another bowl appearance and the chance to get to 10 wins. But I could also see, you know, Michigan ripping off eight or nine in a row to start the season and, riding high into the late, you know, the late part of the, of the slate. So it's going to be really fun to play out. I don't know if I've ever seen, I don't know if I've ever been this, this uh, anxious for a season to start because there are just so many question marks, lots of talent, lots of exciting players, but we just haven't really seen it all come together yet because they haven't been on the field together. Well, a final question for you, Brandon. And again, we've been mentioning this. We haven't seen it down from uh, the team yet. So uh, everyone is um, optimistic or nervous, uh, one or the other. But right now, late July, when you look at this team on offense, on defense, on special teams, what do you think is the greatest unknown or question mark for this Michigan team? The greatest single unknown is the secondary, just because you're losing such good players in Jordan Lewis, you know, Channing Stribling, uh, veteran safeties like Demonte Thomas and Delano Hill. Just, the, I mean, the whole the whole unit is brand new and, and unproven and not really ever even played before. I mean, David Long and LaVert Hill have gotten on the field before, but they've never played anything real meaningful. You've got a couple other, you know, early enrolled freshmen that are pushing for time and Benjamin St. Just and Ambry Thomas, Keith Washington has been mentioned in the mix. Josh Metellus is going to be back at safety. It looks like. So there's just a ton of guys back there that haven't played a lot. Tyree Cannell is now the, the you know the the grizzled veteran and he hasn't even seen the field a whole lot in terms of you know playing that true safety position so i i think that is definitely the biggest question mark i think you can throw wide receiver into the mix as well looks like multiple true freshmen are going to play there after amara darbo and ju chesson leaving and then that offensive line has kind of been a, a guessing game at this point too so i mean that happens when you have to replace almost the whole starting unit on both sides of the ball but uh you know, as Don Brown has said, as other coaches have said, all of these guys, almost all of these guys have at least played before and to some degree. So it's not like he's trotting out a ton of rookies and guys that have never, ever seen the field. But there, there's a handful, and that's never a good thing when you lose that much talent to the NFL and you're trying to replace it with a bunch of young guys who haven't seen the field. But they're talented, they're willing, they're ready. And, you know, with one of the better coaching staffs in the country, they're going to they're gonna have to be ready. they got to... There's no uh, there's no cupcakes to warm up with. It's Florida and Dallas on September 2nd, and they're going to see what they're made of. Indeed, a lot of questions and answers coming soon. My guest today on this month's Recruiting Roundup has been recruiting writer Brandon Brown from The Wolverine. Thanks for taking the time, uh, as always, to join us, Brandon, and we look forward to another visit very soon. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Quick Hits is next as we wrap it up for another week here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio a member of the V-Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew.
On Quick Hits today, Big Ten Media Days is coming up next week. Then on Monday the 31st, Michigan will have their first practice of the season. We're back on our weekly schedule beginning on August 2nd, and we will start previewing the upcoming season. If you're like me, you'll be previewed out by late August and ready for that opener with Florida on September 2nd. We will do our best to get you ready for what will be another exciting year of Michigan football. A reminder that our free show app is available from the iTunes and Google Play stores. You can also hear us on iHeart, Stitcher, TuneIn, and of course, Wolverine Sports Radio. It's that time of year. Make sure you have one of our show apps so wherever you go, you can take the Michigan man with you. I'm going to enjoy one more down week and then be ready to go on August 2nd with our first preview show. I hope you take some time to enjoy a little bit of summer before we get wrapped up in the excitement of another year of Michigan football. Have a great Wolverine week, everyone. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Until next time, take care, and as always, Go Blue! Thanks for joining us today on The Michigan Man, here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Our listener lines are open 24-7 for your calls at 313-263-4842. That's 313-263-4842. Or email us at themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. That's themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. The Michigan Man Podcast is produced at the studios of Robin Lynn Productions, Allen Park, Michigan, and is not affiliated with the University of Michigan. Go Blue!